Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Well, uh, we live in absolutely unprecedented times. Uh, There's been no time in my lifetime like the time in which we are currently uh, living. living. And, uh, you know, things that are happening today are shocking, um, you know, alarming, disappointing, uh, disturbing. There, there are all those ings. Uh, today is just a thing, you know. Um, but today I want to take a little bit of time to prepare you uh, for the times we're in and also the, 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 the days ahead. And uh, we're going to uh, be in uh, 2 Timothy, but I want to just give you a little bit of background first. Uh, in First and Second Timothy, we get a chance to see how uh, the church uh, uh, fathers, actually the apostles, they're, they're, that's the generation before the church fathers. These, this is the original, I mean, crew. I mean, th- these are the guys that uh, Jesus sent out uh, to minister uh, across the globe. Now, Paul was not one of the 12, but Jesus himself personally visited him, and uh, he became an apostle of, of Jesus Christ. But we see that how, uh, from these, these, these verses, how... Um, the, the apostles in the first centuries mentored, um, I mean, these were tumultuous times, how they mentored young lions in that particular uh, season. And in that season, Christians were burned at the stake. Uh, Christians were imprisoned. Uh, Christians were hated and criticized throughout the entire Roman Empire. Nero actually blamed the fire of Rome on the Christians. And it was just, it's just a very, very tough and intense uh, period. And in this season, this the first century, Christianity was not for the faint of heart. If you followed Christ, you were in fact taking your life in, in your own hands, but really putting it into to, to God's hands. But uh, uh, back then, again, uh, the baton had to be passed and uh, it takes a lion to, to create another lion. So here we have Paul speaking into the life of Timothy and Paul is roaring, uh, Timothy is learning to, to, to roar, and mentorship is really, really important. I like to uh, summarize mentorship this way. A good mentoring is, is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, a shoe in the seat of the pants when you're wrong, and a push in the right direction. And this is exactly what Paul was doing to Timothy. So let's pick up in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. We've already, well, 1 Timothy's already been written, and two chapters have already been written before we get to three. So I'm just going to quickly summarize some of the things that happened in in the second chapter, the previous chapter, right before we get to three and one. In chapter two and one, Paul tells Timothy to be strong. Now, by the way, no one needs to tell you to be strong unless you have some circumstance where where you're tempted to be weak and run away and and frightened, et cetera. In two, three, he told Timothy to endure and not to run. Uh, and and to endure hardness and soldier up for Jesus Christ. Actually, he says, be a good soldier for Jesus. So part of being a Christian is learning how to soldier up in difficult times. In 2 and 12, he told them that, uh, he told them that he was to be willing to suffer, this is serious, for what he believed. So it wasn't just about, you know, living your best life. It wasn't just about, you know, uh, all the things God was going to bless you with once you came into the kingdom. He had to tell Timothy in these times that he would, in fact, suffer. And then in 2 and 17, he began to publicly. Now, by the way, if I did this, folks would be mad at me forever because people tend to choose their friends over their their pastors and spiritual leaders. But uh, here, Apostle Paul called the names of the troublemakers in Timothy's church 
publicly. And then in 2 and 20, he gives uh, Timothy a real uh, large dose of, of, of realism. And uh, basically he's saying, you know, in, in a large house, there's vessels of honor and dishonor. What he was saying is the bigger your church, Timothy, uh, the greater the mixture of both good and bad people. And then in 24 and 25, he tells Timothy that though some oppose him and, and are criticizing him, critical of him, some are trying to take people from his congregation and, and cause them to, 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 to follow after them, he said, Timothy, I need you to stay at it, keep teaching, because God might cause those that oppose him to repent. Now, at this point, we are now moving to chapter 3. All of this has been digested by the reader. And let's pick it up in verse 1. Now, Paul says to Timothy, son, I need you to know this. Timothy, there are some things I absolutely need you to know. And likewise, I'm saying to you today, there are some things that you absolutely must know and have no, no, no questions about it in this absolutely crazy world. Otherwise, you will not be able to keep your head and keep your, your heart intact. In and, and, and he was saying, listen, Timothy, um, I'm not going to lie to you. The world's going to get darker and darker, but God's people will shine brighter and brighter. Isaiah said it this way. He said, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. So uh, the darker it gets in the world, the brighter God intends to be in his people. And that's the encouragement in seasons of darkness. Let's go back to 2 Timothy 3 and 1. But know this, Timothy, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Everyone talking about heaven is not going. But know this with certainty and complete confidence. Timothy, you can bank on this. In the last days, now this included the period in which Timothy lived, but it was primarily pointing uh, toward the period in which we live, the period that will prevail at the very end of the age. He says, I want you to know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, the word translated perilous here uh, describes an animal uh, with rabies. It describes a sea that is violent and, and stirred up and, and, and won't flinch at, at a boat or, or, or any human interest. I mean, it will swallow you alive. And he was saying that this would be uh, the condition of the earth or the people on the earth at the end of the age. In fact, Jesus said this. He said, unless the days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, the days would be, in fact, shortened. And then he goes on and says, for men. Now, this men here is not really gender specific. It's talking about people in general. And what he was saying here is that the problem would not be primarily caused by the environment. It wouldn't primarily be economic. It wouldn't primarily be because of our political systems. But the cause of what's going to happen at the end of the age, the time in which we are living, is the general unabashed badness of people. Isaiah warns us, he says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who put darkness for light and light for darkness, put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. For men will be lovers of themselves. So a sign of the last days is every church, uh, for the most part, um, everyone you watch on television, everybody in the world is going to be talking about 
loving self. Everything's going to be about self. Now, we're not to hate ourselves, but Paul is speaking about a people at the end of the age that just can't get over themselves. They can't get past themselves. It's all about me and myself. Can anyone say, ouch? So the international conversation will no longer be about, you know, uh, uh, firm, historic right and wrong, but mostly about how certain things make us feel. And this would be the tenor, the culture, in the climate at the end of the age. How many of you know we're living in a period just like that? And he continues, for men will be lovers of money. Nothing wrong with having money as long as money doesn't have you. But you know, if you watch in the United States, now we're not the world, but the world uh, is, much of the world's in a worse shape than, than, than America. Uh, the number of people that make um, uh, charitable contributions every year has declined steadily for the last 20 years or so. Uh, now, the upside of that is that those who give actually give more because God always has a remnant. But uh, he's saying in the last days, people would, would, would have covenant relationships with money. They'll be unwilling to let it go. They'll be unwilling to be gracious. Someone said, my wallet is like an onion. Opening it makes me cry. So we see that we're lovers of ourselves. We see that there's gross international love of, of money. Then it goes on and says that men will be boasters, proud, blasphemers. So people will want trophies that are not earned. Uh, they'll look down at anyone with a different point of view than, than their own. Um, the, the mindset, and that's why blasphemies is used here, is God doesn't matter. Certain people don't matter. The only thing that matters is people and people like me. We all see this all around the globe, all three of those things. For men will be disobedient to parents. Now, today, children are actually divorcing their parents, and almost 20% of all adults, or yeah, adults, are estranged from at least one parent. So this is not just happening with children, it's also happening between uh, adult children and their parents. Then it goes on to say people or men will be unthankful, meaning people will be ungrateful. No matter what you do for some, it will never ever be enough. The next thing it says, is people will be unholy. People will have no standards and reject all guidelines for their lives. It says men will be unloving. Literally, they will, they, they will not honor any loyalties in their lives, even to family. Um, there will be massive unforgiveness. People will be unforgiving, like the war right now between Republicans and Democrats and Trump supporters and, and the supporters of the current president. Um, there will be no forgiveness, no mercy and kindness. And if you turn on a network, all you're going to see is hate for the opposing team. Uh, people will just not let things go. Um, and we're going to see that in our marriages, in our bedrooms. We're going to see that with our children. People just won't again. Everyone wants to be a victim. Everyone has their story of, of all the bad things that happened to them and why they're excused for, for, for not becoming all that God wants them to be. 
Then it continues and says slanderers. Anyone been on social media? Uh, the trolls, the vitriol, the, 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 the hatred is at an all-time new level. It says people will be without self-control, no control over one's passion, and resent anyone to tell them to restrain any passion. Then it adds another word, brutal. People will be cruel beyond words. And we're seeing this in our television, in our entertainment. The cruelty is on a whole new level, and we're living it out. And, and if you watch some of the things that, you know, people with phones are, are taking pictures of people getting mugged and jumped and, and beat up, the cruelty is actually off the charts. Now, Paul is teaching Timothy, and it's written down because he wants to teach us. He was saying, Timothy, in your time, it's going to get bad. But at the end of the age, it is going to reach an all-time high. It says, at the end of the age, men will be despisers of good. Meaning, at the end of the age, embracing, you know, thousands of years of time-proving biblical principles will, be actually, will actually become controversial. At one time, the things that, that are controversial, the things that are shouted down, the things that are picketed against were things that were espoused through pulpits across the United States and, and households uh, uh, across the United States of America. But now, basic biblical principles are at odds with media, uh, sometimes government, and the rest. And there is a hatred for good. He continues, and he says, traitors, which literally means, uh, the King James Version says, truce breakers, uh, which means we will change our, 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 our marriages, our friendships, uh, our, our, our spiritual leaders like, uh, like, like a dirty shirt. Uh, we will just constantly turn up. There's no commitment. There's, there's no honor bound things. Uh, we'll talk about people as soon as we leave their presence. Uh, uh, we will be traitors and it would be endemic. It would be at the highest levels possible. He continues, this is, this is tough, headstrong, meaning people will be quick to come to conclusions, and even if they're proven wrong, that it's very, very difficult to get them to change their mind. They will be haughty, full of themselves. Uh, everyone can, can wear the badge, hello, I'm better than you. And this will be the thinking of, of, of people in the last days. Then he continues, the end of the age People will be, not just enjoy pleasures, we all enjoy pleasures, we all like to go on vacation, we, we, we all, uh, you know, like to, you know, look at beautiful things, but they would be lovers of pleasure, meaning that's their top priority. Anything that doesn't serve my comfort at the moment and my entertainment at the moment, I will despise. They will be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So what's going to happen at the end of the age? The Bible talks about in Thessalonians uh, a great falling away. And we already see uh, much of that happening where many people no longer attend church. But what, what it's saying here without saying the exact words uh, in Thessalonians, he's saying, you know, at the end of the age, many people won't even attend church anymore because they have so many other things to do. 
Uh, and by the way, right now, we don't even have to go to church. All we have to do is roll over in our bed and turn on our phone or our computer or our TV or what have you to get into the word. But he's saying people are going to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So if you ever have to choose between your comfort and what God commands, most people are going to select their particular comfort. And this is a sign of the end of the age. Verse 5, having a form of godliness... This is important. People are going to wear crosses around their necks. Uh, outward forms of religion are going to abound in this period. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's going to be largely a salad bowl uh, religion where you kind of go and, um, you know, it's a buffet and you select whatever it is you want and leave the stuff you, you, you don't want. So everyone's going to pick and choose the parts they like. And this is, again, a sign of the end times. So they're going to have a form of godliness, but they're going to deny its what? Power. There's going to be little uh, reference to the Holy Spirit operating and enabling people to live successful lives. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit are, are, are probably going to dwindle and probably not going to manifest in churches very much uh, anymore. And people are just going to live unsurrendered and, and defeated lives at the end of the age, though they, they will have outward signs of, of religiosity. They will say they are Christians, uh, but then they'll support, you know, hey, we, it's okay for us to kill babies and, and that type of thing. Um, that's, that's not Christian. Um, we're we to protect life. Um, that, that's, that's what we are to do. But have, they'll have a form of godliness, but deny the power who is the, who is the Holy Spirit operating uh, with, within us. So the question is, all of these things we can check. The hour is late. The big question is, will you be ready. If Jesus returned tonight, would you be ready for the coming of the Lord? Or would you be so attached to this world that if he came, he'd almost have to pry you loose from everything down here because your mind is so much on the things of this world instead of the things of God? Would you be ready? But then he continues. He says, Timothy, if you're going to be successful in the times you live in, and those that read this letter at the end of times, if they're going to be successful in the times they live in, watch his advice. And from such people, turn away. But what we do instead, we attend their churches. We vote for them. We follow and we like them on Facebook and Instagram. Paul tells Timothy, if you want to be successful, you got to turn away from certain things and people that embrace certain realities. Now, you're to love them, you're to minister to them, but in terms, as, uh, in terms of embracing them as your leader, as your mentors, as your advisor, from such people, turn away. And here's something I've said to you before. Do not apologize for having healthy standards in your life because people who want to be in your life will rise up to meet them. I want you to listen to Jesus in Luke 21 and 28. He says this. Now, when these things begin to happen, I want you to look down, get sad, get upset. No. He says, look up. Because as long as we have God, we have hope. We are not like the world. Yeah, there are things that are 
falling down right before our eyes, but we have a God that's holding us up. And if you're depending on this government, if you're depending on this culture, if you're depending on this society, you're going to be very frustrated and you're going to be easily shaken unless you begin to establish your hope in your God. And if there's any time you're going to be watching the internet or TV, it ought to be when the word of God is on so you can learn and be prepared for the days you live in. If you're raising children, these are intense times and you need to know what the word of God says about these times. And the only way you're going to know it is the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith doesn't come by having heard at one point. It comes by hearing. You got to hear it over and over and over and over again to get it into your heart and get it to the place where you own it and understand and get the, the the revelation for yourself. Now, when these things happen, look up and watch this and lift up your heads. Why? Because Jesus is not coming through the ground. He's coming in the air. So keep your, your heads up, soldier. He, he, he's saying you, you, you never know how strong you are until you really have no choice except to be strong. And in this season, it, it, it's a call for God's people to be strong call for God's people to unite, a call for God's people to encourage one another in the faith. It's a call for us to turn off some of the nonsense in the world, turn up uh, the word of God, turn up our devotion to the Lord, turn up, uh, you know, our work for God and just get on fire for the things of the Lord. The only way you're going to make it in the last days is to walk as close to the Lord as possible. If you're just trying to, you know, walk with him and say, you know what, I'll just be as close as I have to be. But you know what, I'm not trying to get too close. You know, just as long as I make it in, I don't know if you're going to make it in. But if you want to be successful and you really want to, 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 to pass the baton, uh, well, really catch the baton from the earlier generations, then pass it. To, to your kids, if you're old enough to have kids, and if you don't have kids yet, you know, you, if you plan to have kids, you want to be in position to then pass that baton. You need to make sure you're on fire. The best way to lead is by leading yourself first. He said, now when these be things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads because your redemption draws near. This is our hope in this season. So, the more stuff that goes on in the world, the, the, the more we can say, thank you, Lord, it's almost over. Thank you, Lord, this, 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 this world and, and all that's in it, all of the, 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 the hate, the murder, the, the killing, all of it is at, at some point quickly is it, it, going to come to the end. And we ought to be saying free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. When we see these things happen, we should look up, say, Maranatha, Lord, I'm so excited. Your kingdom is about to come and, and reign on the earth instead of, oh my gosh, you know what? I need more stuff down here. You, you understand your affections have to be set above and not beneath. And the reason we're so concerned sometimes about his coming because we haven't really been concerned about him, and we know in our hearts we're living adversarially, so we're scared of him coming instead of embracing him coming because we're not really living the life that God has called us to live. So don't get depressed when you see things happening in the world. Things are going to happen. Now, I'm not saying Jesus is coming back tomorrow. I'm not saying he's coming back in 10 years, 20. I don't know exactly when he's coming back, but I do know the Bible is very clear about the conditions that will exist in the world when Christ comes. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.